hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 232. That one especially for the crunchy granola <laughs> sweet. My name is Josh Canal. To my right, forget him once, shame on you, forget him twice, shame on him, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. And to my left, never a chore, always a pleasure, Nelly Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> and my salted chickpeas. And Bring salted us chickpeas. The second movement from the crunchy granola. <laughs> <laughs> and a third movement later on. <laughs> oh, oh that's, I'm not eating them anymore. <laughs> they're actually really good, salted but chickpeas. They're, mm. they're, very, they're very tasty, but mm. they're also very dry mouthy. Yeah, and I've got no water. Let's move on. These chickpeas are making me thirsty. Well, uh, let's let's move on. You want to mm. move on? You mm. want to talk about what's in this mammoth show? It's a biggie. Episode 232. Mm. Couldn't get bigger if we made it go for nine hours. <laughs> if Snuffleupagus walked in. <gasps> Would we be able to see him? Yes. Because we can now. We'd make time. Because that's a thing. That's I could a thing always now. see him. I know you could always see him, but I couldn't. I'd always turn up just after he left. It's my Peter Pan complex. <laughs> Do you have a Peter Pan? In it's, other news... That's the man who won't tell his age. Of course he's got well, a Peter Pan. Well, you can tell your age. You can tell by your T-shirt. This week it is Respect Your Elders. Is that ironic? No. You mean no, that. No. Respect Your Elders. Is that, well, is that some kind of political message you're bringing to the show? It's right? a bit of a political message, week, but it was sweet. just going to be for the video podcast. But given you've mentioned it... And the fact that there is no video podcast. It's it's the silhouette of a little man with a, a hat and a, a walking stick looking up at the giant trees. Was he looking at the planet that he ruined? I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't one of the ruiners. Really? Yeah. Because hmm. he respects his elders. But that's also how that song goes. I see a little silhouette of a man looking up, looking up at some very giant trees. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's in the show? Thunderbolts and lightning burning it all out. Well, we've 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 got Rob Reilly, who mm. uh, has been on Box Cutters before. Uh, back when he came on last time, he was uh, producing... Are you smarter than a fifth grader? He's like a roving bigwig. He is. He he works for Roving Enterprises. Mm. He's now working on 7pm Project. He's coming in to tell us all about 7pm Project Mm -hmm. because we're right on the pulse of uh, of what's happening now on television and we figure 12 months down the track we should talk about a new show. It's well, still on. It, it has uh, actually recently uh, taken the lead in the ratings. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So, so we talked to him about all of that. Greatest TV characters of all time. A reminder now in this bit, you have until the end of Wednesday, the 14th of July. That's this Wednesday, people. Bastille Day. Bastille Day with your uh, pain chocolat. Mm. Send in your greatest TV characters of all time. Either click on the Talk to Box Cutters link on the website, send us an email to hooray at boxcutters.net or just shout it out to us in the street. And there's some really interesting, somewhat controversial developments there, there are. In, in the character segment. So we, we talk about in there. We talk about some of them and we talk to <gasps> Lawrence Mooney. We sure do. Who uh, is coming in to talk about his greatest TV character of all time, Al Swearingen, who, is, who features very highly on the uh, on the list. I can't give away... To, well, I'm not giving away anything when I say he's in the top ten. He's we in, know he's, he's in the top ten. He's, he's in the top ten, but mm. things may change. They things have changed a lot in a week. Sure have. A week's in a, a long time in a list. My Excel spreadsheet, I tell you, I can't sort that data anymore. <laughs> <laughs> sort again. Sort again. Oh, my God. Uh, we've got some letters to box cutters. We've got uh, the quiz this week mm-hmm. in the quiz. You will get the chance to win season one of Nurse Jackie. 
Are you Ooh. sure now? Absolutely sure. You sure it's not season three of Nurse Jackie? There is no season three of Nurse Jackie yet. Wouldn't that be special, though? That would be very special. A box cut is exclusive. Where'd See, you get it from? Now what you've done, Brett, is you've introduced a concept to the listeners. So when they get to the quiz segment and they're going to go, oh, it's just season one, I thought it was going to be you know, a preview season, uh, they're going to be disappointed. Where'd you get the season one from? Uh, from sanity.com.au. Did they donate they, it? They donated it. They're giving it to that us. That wasn't to... planned, by the no, way. If no, you're listening, I really wanted to know where Sen- you got it from. Sanity.com.au have uh, have furnished the uh, this this prize and the last prize, which was uh, season three of Mad Men. Mad so Men. so it's a furnished DVD it. box. That's terrific. It so with... it's not like just you it's know the back posted. of your back no. of your cupboard, and you thought, oh, I'll I'll give that to a they list. Weren't just, no, no, they weren't just props prize. that Lester was making. No, no, they weren't. No. They weren't. Uh, we've got one thing. We've got pork. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. I don't think you're ready for this, Nelly Thomas, mm. Mm. Uh, as Destiny's Child once said. Uh, <laughs> can you handle it? Can you handle Josh, it? Josh, can, can you handle, you handle the eviction of Marion from MasterChef last week? I think you know the answer to that. I am totally and utterly devoid. I am devoid. I am so devoid. I can hardly eat. Okay, I can still eat. Clearly, I can still eat. Now, now, um, no, normally, I, I wouldn't consider this news, but sure. uh, a, a couple of things. One is... Uh, Late uh, Sunday night, mm. hours after uh, Dancing with the Stars, a, a media release came out that uh, Blair McDonough, uh, formerly your neighbours mm. and formerly Big Mc- Brother McDonough- Blair. McDonough or something. Mc- yeah. McDonough. Mm. Uh, was, McDonough. Uh, was, was kicked off Dancing with the Stars and this morning on uh, Sunrise, mm. uh, they, they had, you know how they have those little... Uh, supers that that come up at the bottom of the screen talking about what's coming up later on in the show. Yes. One of those was just Dancing with the Stars couple eliminated. Like that was a, a big... Like that was news. Like, like that was news. Marion's elimination's everywhere. been everywhere. But Marion's elimination yeah. was massive. Yeah. Because no one was expecting it, because yeah. everybody thought that she was definitely going to win. Mm. Uh, even and there's conspiracy theories and, you know... Because initially it was... I think I didn't actually see it, can you believe it? Because I had a gig, so I missed it. Um, but my phone went furious, you can imagine. And um, it's interesting because there's the, the conspiracy theorists on the one side say they gave her a satay sauce, you know, that was part of the test, knowing that she'd make a good one because she's good at that. Mm. And she didn't, and somehow their plans were thwarted. The other side of the conspiracy is they wanted to get rid of her because it was too boring to know that she was going to win. And now the competition's thrown wide open and people are interested, which I don't believe either of those conspiracy theorists or theories. I just think it's kind of happened and it's unexpected. But um, it's, it's, you know, there's no way I'd use the word tragic because there's actual proper news that's tragic. But, the, but I was very disappointed. The greatest point in MasterChef for me has been when Marion didn't come back. Because yeah. ordinarily that is the most boring part of MasterChef mm. when the Bring contestants back. come back mm. uh, down the stairs and everybody else is waiting to see who's been eliminated. Mm. But the the mere fact that nobody... 
instantly congratulated Aaron. I didn't came- see it. So oh. what happened? Were they, they must have been shocked. So they were completely shocked. Yeah, and nobody properly went, shocked. Nobody went up to Aaron initially. There, there was actually a moment where everyone's gone, oh, my God. Do you mean Aaron, the luckiest man in the world? Aaron, Aaron the luckiest man. Mm. Why hasn't he been eliminated already? Yeah. <laughs> I love Aaron, but dude, you, a wing and a prayer. Yeah. Oh, man. D- definitely. So... Uh, the the reactions on the faces of uh, uh of the other contestants mm. was really priceless because mm. everyone loved Marion. Everyone thought, even they thought that she was going to win. Mm. Earlier on in the week, uh, Adam said, uh, "You know, when they were choosing teams, and Adam said, well, 'Well, of I'll course, start with Marion. Of course, yeah. you pick Marion because mm. she's the best cook there.' But it's a testament to how I mean, none of us know because we haven't met her. But she must be." very easy to live with and very sweet and nice because the fact that she's been so dominant and they still love her, like it would be very easy to be jealous and angry and competitive and, and you know, just generally shitful with her. But they really do seem sad that she's gone. Yeah. You know, so, so RIP, Marion. I found that, I found that very... She's going to get a show. Very oh well, she's uh, she's apparently working on her own line of Asian sauces. Yeah, but even she's made for television. Look at that little face. Well, Look at true. that little face. That's true. She's like a uh, an even more skip Kylie Kwong. Oh, but she oh she's just gorgeous. Kylie Kwong, who I, I have to say, I think is has she's one a of bit the, more abrupt, Kylie. But I think she has one of the most skip voices on sure. uh, on Australian television. Mm. But because she's Asian, so many people have written in. Uh, letters of complaint to the Green Guide, uh, just saying, that Carly Kwong, I can't understand a single word she's saying. What? I know. I know. It's just mental. This, this kind of inherent racism that people have. They write the trying... same letters, letters about The Wire. Oh, that's true, but The Wire yes. is very difficult to... Uh, the, the Wire has very particular... They're talking black, Josh. They're talking black. Well, it's a, they, they have very particular dialect in, in The Wire, because not only is it... Uh, the particular d- dialect of Baltimore, but then it's these subclasses within I Baltimore. I know people who watch The Wire with the subtitles on, like the English subtitles on. Really? Because they can't. And I'm like, I'm not. They I'm honestly not trying to be version. cool, but I actually I don't know what you're talking about. Like I can understand what they're Willis. saying. One of the yes. <laughs> one of the greatest one of the greatest things for, for me with The Wire was actually working to attune my ear to with some of the slang and things like that. It's, yeah, you, but, but also they mumble. They, there's there's a lot mm. of mumbling and and attuning your ear. Once once you realise that you're watching The Wire and you understand everything perfectly, mm. it's kind of like a, a self congratulatory. Hey, I did well. I did well to embrace mm. another culture. I never ever had to have a. a a, an educational period like I that. Really I, either, I understood it from the outset. I, I never had any problems understanding. Deadwood, what I was did. Saying. Took me several episodes to to understand. A bit like it, it felt like reading like Shakespeare. Shakespeare for the first time. And going, Deadwood, what? Deadwood for me, instant. But yeah. the wire had to attune to it. But Mental. once I did, it was wonderful. Brett, you've got some real news. Yes, uh, in uh, they should have known it was a bad idea from the outset. News: The ABC has confirmed reports that it has axed the national sports segment from its 7 p.m. bulletin six years after its introduction. Six years. The segment presented by Peter Wilkins from the ABC studios in Sydney has uh, been scrapped. Uh, Wilkins has been reappointed to the new and expanded role, that's in quotes, as the ABC's network sports reporter, also in quotes, which would not include presenting the sport rap, strangely enough. 
as the network sports reporter. Um, the sport coverage in the weeknight 7pm bulletin will be now anchored by the news presenter. So we'll be seeing uh, Ian Henderson here uh, presenting the news. Uh, the, the sport, um, as as we had done anyway with any AFL news, uh, that, uh, that Peter Wilkins seemingly just wouldn't touch. Um, Wilkins quickly proved to be an unpopular addition back in 2004 when the change came in. Uh, Particularly with in the Victoria, experience where... for viewers in Victoria who questioned his prominence, the prominence of rugby league news in the Sydney-based segment, and uh, blasted Wilkins' presenting style, which is has essentially, and this has never changed. He just shouts at the camera. It's but, really, but also in awful. Victoria, he replaced the very popular Angela Pippos. Yes, uh, who was shunted to the weekends and left the ABC three years later. Uh, I think to stand for an ALP seat somewhere. Oh, really? Yeah. At least they were quick to respond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. The, the 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 glacial speed of <laughs> the, the ABC. ABC quick to respond. Well, I I wonder how much maybe this has to do with the uh, the problems they're having with the switching the national switching. Uh, around on uh, the ABC TV, as has been covered in the last couple of weeks on Media Watch, um, they've outsourced the switching from national to local. Uh, so as you go to the local news and then come back and oh, the switch whole from Media, media Hub to, to Q&A, yeah, Media Hub, which has been outsourced and, and very poorly quality assured uh, tested before it's actually gone live. Um, I imagine that having to switch to Peter Wilkins for that Sydney report, uh, each news bulletin must be a nightmare just in itself. If you want an excellent summary on the whole uh, problem that they've had with Media Hub and the ABC, mm-hmm. uh, have a look at the last two weeks of Media Watch. Oh, yes. yeah, uh, It's a it's a great little summary. Well, and, and I guess... Is it is it irony that uh, while while uh, Jonathan Holmes was talking about the problem, they actually had an erroneous switch to the Q and A set it's, before they were actually on air? Did they? It's yeah. not. It's oh. not technically irony. It's what I like to call bogan irony, which mm. is uh, <laughs> a un- unfortunate circumstance. Mm. It's a lot of said irony. It was a peculiar coincidence. Yeah, that unfortunate that happened coincidence. At that point. Yes, mm. yes. Uh, I like to call that bogan irony. It just, it's Barony. just irony. Byrony. Mm. Nice. Mm. I like that. Mm. Uh, in other news, uh, last week we talked about the Gruen Transfer starting their own election special, their series of election yep. specials called the Gruen Nation, where they're going to look at advertising, marketing. Uh, Eagerly anticipated. Now, by the time you're uh, listening to this, they may have uh, announced the start date for that because the election may have been announced as far as the date for that. It's goes. pending. It's it is it is pending. In in fact, a, a, about a week and a half ago, there was an excellent, ex can I just say, really genius prank on Twitter, where uh, people uh, tweeted, "Oh my God, Ju- uh, Julie Gillard's just announced the election," uh, but then Rick rolled uh, <laughs> people to a genius with a bitly. It was one hundred percent genius. Me and Peter Wilson, um, <coughs> absolute genius. <laughs> it was so funny. So, so funny. How many uh, hits did you get? Breaking news. Uh, that link got something like 603 hits in mm, two nice hours. Nice work. Nice work. Was, you wasted the time of 603 people. Yeah. Boop, boop. But it was, was it an actual Rickroll? It was an actual Rickroll. It was, it was an actual Rickroll, but it had a, a bit.ly link that was uh, something like bit.ly slash watch ABC news. Uh, so people just fell for it. It was the highlight of my week. 
Okay, the I'm news. Like, what? You're going, did something grow and have got a. Me being excellent. <coughs> me, me and Peter Wilson. There's another being lot very of e- talented uh, election coverage. That's Is that news. where you're going, Joshua? Yes. Uh, the Chaser are also doing their uh, series of election specials. They've had the election Which chaser is a and they've tradition had the chaser they've had for many years now. Mm. Uh, and they're going to have Yes We Canberra. Which is a great name. Which is an excellent name. Now let's make let's do a little been, BC prediction. Do you reckon the Gruen version will be better or the Chaser version will be better? I think they'll be very different. I think the Chaser will have their, oh, their own... Oh, fe- get your ass off that fence. Well, the, the Chaser's all about stunts mm-hmm. and the Gruen's all about uh, patting themselves on the back about how clever marketing is. No, Nelly? I'm calling uh, it Gruen. Glasshouse or, or Chaser? <laughs> Glasshouse. Absolutely. So, so Glasshouse, you would say Gruen? 100%. Gruen. Yeah, just because you've you've got a you've got a, a white on for Will Anderson, I guess. Oh, did you just say white on? <laughs> That's that very is bad. fucking dirty. <laughs> that is dirty. No, I do not have a white on. For oh, I can't believe he just said that. Um, oh, Brett, Brett no, Crumpley. it's not about Will Anderson. I actually love. I love Will Anderson. I do. I think he's a great host on Gruen, but I love Todd and Russell. Mm-hmm. I do. I love the. Um, you know, like we, we're going to talk later in the show about having, you know, conservative points of view and, and opposing points of view. I think they do that Russell's really well. Russell's so old and fuddy-duddy and, and apologistic for, for McDonald's and all yeah, the big corporates. Yeah, but he's still funny, you know. Like he's still – I just think they've got a nice um, balance going on on that show. And a good I think report. it be interesting. Whereas, I'm, to be honest with you, and it, it pains me to say as a comedian, but I'm a bit over the chaser. Well, we haven't enough. seen him for some time, have we? Yeah, but I've had enough. Done. And what what, what they did in their election coverages in the past was a lot different from uh, the the Chaser's War and Everything. Yeah, Chaser's War and Everything was was all about stunts. It wasn't about mm. actual coverage and, and making jokes that were they're fairly intelligent as far as your political nous goes to to need to know about stuff to get it. Election Chaser mm. and Chaser Decides were more like CNN and N. Yep. And so, so we're more about presenting uh, news or phone news, and then having sketches, not necessarily stunts, and then some stunts to to go along with it. Mm. I I'm just glad to have it to to have it all, and and maybe Mm. uh, maybe I like talking heads. So so do I. You know, I I like talking heads. I love that big suit. (laughs) <laughs> it's that's that that's great. I liked Jerry Harrison's solo stuff. It was all good. It was all good. And that is the box cutters news. Hello, this is Frank Thring, gossip from heaven on the box cutters. I bumped into Ray Charles the other day. Well, he bumped into me because his dog's not dead yet. Very, very happy to welcome back into the box cutters studio. A friend of Boxcutters who we haven't had on for, for for a little while, creative producer with Roving Enterprises, Rob Brearley. Hello, Yay. welcome. Thanks for having me. Now, last time last time you were on, uh, you were working on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? That's right. Uh, and this time, you're uh, doing the you're organising light entertainment for Seven PM Project. Well, Is yeah. Look, I'm the I'm I'm the light guy. I'm <laughs> I'm the fun guy. I'm the guy that kind of has the glaze filter. So when we have meetings and they're talking about stuff and I, I sort of pick the moment when my eyes glaze over and I start thinking about you know monkeys on tricycles and things like that that are far more <laughs> entertaining. Um, so basically that, that pretty much means that I try and keep it as approachable and as 
as light as I can. Now, obviously, not every news story has its light, but where we can find the funny, we will. And so that's why Charlie Pickering has that new haircut. Exactly. Right. Yep. <laughs> right. That Did you script that? Did you insist on that? I designed it myself. Did you? Yeah. I had a lot of people in. We uh, drew up some various sketches. And, uh, Do you have a committee? Yeah, absolutely. Dennis committee. We were going to do the vote for the people. We should have actually put it out to the people to vote. We might do that next time. We might do that with Carrie. You could have him uh, on each week with a different hairstyle and and, and have them voted off. You ring in and go into the finals. Well, people were talking about it. They were. Isn't that that mental? I know. It's just a hairstyle. Yeah. And it's just a short boy's haircut. Between you and me, though, he's loving it. Yeah, He's I'm loving all the feedback because everyone comes going, oh, my girlfriend saw you on tally and she I've thought you looked fantastic. I've toured with Charlie. He'd be loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. next you've got to sort out his facial hair situation. Ooh. Ooh. No, don't go near the facial hair. No? No, I don't think so. It's a sore point. One step at a time. Is he a bit precious like that? Oh, no, I don't think so. But, you know, one step at a time. I think Charlie grew the, the facial hair quite early on because he was a, a, a young man competing with uh, people who'd been around for, for much longer. And let's face it, he still looks like he's 12. So. Yeah, he, he And does. he's always had on again, off again, um, semi-beard. Like, it's not the first time he's had facial hair. Just no, but it's, the, I think it's, I think it's the semi-beard that I've always had right. a problem with. <laughs> the semi. Yeah, just the semi. I'm jealous. Just at least you can grow one. Oh, can't, can't you grow one, Rob? No. Oh, that's a shame. No. Never oh. had sideburns. So what, literally, you are literally there to inject the... The lightheartedness, the humour, the entertainment aspects of it. Yeah, pretty much. I work hand in hand with the guys, with the mm. the three presenters. Sorry, and um and the writers. We've got a writers room of three full time writers, headed by Jared McCulloch mm-hmm. and the lovely Alicia McCormick and the very tan- talented Daniel Burt. Mm-hmm. And so between oh, all of us, former box cutters guest Daniel mm-hmm. Burt, mm-hmm. exactly. So um between all of us, yeah, we just try and find the light and the funny side of stuff because the news can be pretty heavy. Don't know if you've noticed that. But. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but, I mean, the 7pm 7, the 7 project does take a fairly serious look at, at News of the Day as well as trying to find the, the, the jokes in it. Absolutely. And like I said before, there's some subjects you simply can't find the jokes in, and so we won't find the jokes in. But at the but same that time... That doesn't mean that you don't cover them. It doesn't mean we don't make jokes in the office during the day. Uh, but <laughs> we just don't put them to air. But no, we'll cover everything. I mean, if it's news, we'll do it. And, mm. you know, the catch cry of it's news, but not as you know it. And that's what we try and, and stick with. And I can't, I cannot let this opportunity go. I hope you don't mind me asking this question. But why, why, oh, why is Andrew Bolt on 7pm Project? <laughs> why? Please explain it to me. Uh, look, in, in some respects, the same reason that Steve Price is on as well. I mean, they are very divisive in some respects. Um, people tend to either love them or hate them. And that's why they're there. I mean, you know, I love the fact that people, well, just like yourself, you've just done it, people comment off the back and the next day you'll have people ranting and raving there's, about what Andrew may have said or what Steve there, there may have, have said. There have been, uh, sorry to cut you off, that sorry. was rude. No, it wasn't. Uh, but, but there have been a, a, a lot of criticisms, uh, not so recently, but probably about three months ago, that the show had gone quite right wing, which was around mm. the time that Steve Price and Andrew Bolt started making appearances. Mm. Uh, To me, that just seemed that because it's a bunch of comedians talking about the news, the assumption was that it was going to be a left-wing show. Yeah. And having some right-wing commentators on there, Mm. doesn't that balance it? I mean, because you've also got George Negus on there. No one accuses it of being a communist show. (laughs) George Negus is hardly a communist. Uh, I don't object to having conservative point of view on there at all. He's always wearing just corduroy. Which, as we know, 
is the uniform of the communist. And saying things that are reasonable. Look, to um, be honest, I don't know if it was a conscious decision as such to, to have that balance there, but, but when you are looking for people to bring a different argument... Um, Sometimes, unfortunately, Andrew's the only one that will argue the point that he's arguing. So, in that regard, he's he's often fun to because have there's on. just that much wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, have you have you kind of had a fairly independent uh, process about being able to kind of field that out, or has there been discussions with people at Channel Ten about what what they're looking for in the show and in the guests and and uh, the types of things that you're talking about? Ten are pretty good. They pretty much leave it to us. I mean, obviously, we still have input from them. We have a, a Channel 10 executive producer at the moment. That's Sandy Patterson. Um, but and, and she's very much part of the, the decision process as well. Look, it starts early in the morning and we chuck around the news and the ideas of what we're going to put in and that changes, obviously, as, as the news changes. But it's re- we're really conscious of not necessarily just doing the big story of the day. We want to do the stuff that's going to invoke discussion. It's going to get people at home talking, you know, whether that's just a family or a couple or whoever's watching it. Just, just stuff that people can take away and digest. And, and you know, we're not saying our opinion's the right opinion. And, okay, so, and as the uh, political process moves on, uh, uh, are we going to see a, uh, the 7 p.m. nation come up uh, that's uh, specifically looking at, uh, sorry, like the Gruen nation? Uh, it, they're if, talking about an election special. Right, okay. if, if you listen, If you listened to the news in this episode, which you won't have because no. we're recording this before we actually recorded the news bit. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, breaking the fourth wall, Technology. box cutters. Uh, uh, where, uh, is my nose bleeding? I, I think I've been doing time jumps too, too much. Too many time <laughs> jumps. Uh, uh, there, there is the the Gruen Nation, but also the Chaser uh, announced at the start of this week their new uh, election series called Yes We Canberra. Yeah. Uh, so, is the seven PM project going to do an election special or just business as usual? No, look, I think that would very much depend on when they call it and when it's going to be April um, twenty three. You reckon? <laughs> Isn't that what they're saying? Um, <laughs> Sorry, not April, August 23. Oh, I was going to say. I was going to say. April, yeah. What? You're on crack. It's a long way away. August um, 23, is that the... Okay. That's yeah, soon. look. Let me check a, if that's That's a, a Monday, isn't it? <laughs> I think. Um, look, we'd certainly be open to it. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, but like I say, it depends on when Julia decides to go and meet Quentin. And if, if, you, if you are going to do that, mm. can you give us a Box Cutters exclusive on uh, announcing that? Just, oh, could, just say try. yes and then back out. Yeah, of absolutely. Of course I can. <laughs> That'd be great. I've got your number, haven't I? Yeah. yeah. Now, cool. one of the uh, other... 28. Sorry, I was, August. I was going to ask, just while we're on 7pm, uh, and, and you were saying uh, that uh, you try and get the, the news that can evoke conversation. Mm-hmm. But you do that every day, five days a week. How do you keep a show fresh? Can you keep a show fresh uh, doing it five days a week, half an hour in prime time? Some days it's hard, uh, so you have to look harder and search further and try and grab stories that it comes down to treatment and how we treat it. Like everybody will do a story on Afghanistan, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the way we treat it compared to the way a normal news service treats it to the way TV Tonight or A Current Affair, Today Tonight or A Current Affair may do it differs it's just a case of trying to find a different way of approaching things some days we're spoilt for choice sometimes we're sitting there with our 22 minute content going how the hell are we going to do everything we want to do and we simply can't um there's no shortage of news most days no shortage of news so you're looking at uh, just at the morning bulletins or like how how early does an item have to be news for you to be able to 
cover it that To night. be honest, we're watching from the moment we're off air um, because we all stay awake for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yep. Uh, we're watching from when we're pretty much off air right so, through. We're very much dictated by what the morning shows are talking about, mm-hmm. be that television and radio, what's in the papers. Um, As it's, so it's, it's kind of quite fortunate that Channel 10 doesn't have a, a, a breakfast uh, show that's... no. No, and look, we'd probably double up some things with the circle, but they're a completely mm-hmm. different audience to us. Yeah, yeah so definitely. and Charlie does that for fun, does he? I mean, Charlie's like oh, a absolutely. complete news junkie. Absolutely. Yeah. Do yeah. you have uh, like a, a super villains wall of televisions just bringing in all the news possible? And, uh, and I'd love to. We've got some. I'd love to have that whole big wall though, that whole big sort of Truman control room with television coming in. But we've got a lot of... But we've got over 30 people in the production office. Uh, some of them are specifically just watching television over and over and over. They're mm. trawling through the morning shows. They're trawling through the current affair shows from the night before. They're trawling through the early news, the late news, the midday news, the the mm. every news. Sweet. You got any positions going? Always positions. <laughs> TV watching. Burnout and factor. What's your view on... Because I remember reading some criticism sort of fairly early on and just mm-hmm. hearing around the traps... Um, the idea that that balancing act between the comedy yeah. and the news, um, that you weren't always being successful in that, that it was either too, like you'd been too light with it or it's just a new show, what is it, what are the hosts doing, what's their role, what's your view on that? Absolutely, and they were very valid criticisms. It was a very difficult balancing act to try and find. I'd like to think we've found it now. Um, yeah, having said that, we're live. You can still get it wrong. <laughs> But that comes down also a lot to the, the team we've got, the ensemble we've got, in, in that they've now learnt how to share it and where to take things. So, for example, if Dave's doing something particularly funny mm. and Carrie knows she's going to be going off to a serious story, she'll sit back from the funny, mm. not necessarily laugh at it, let the other guys, let the guys have a good laugh, enjoy it, and she can then take it and Come turn in it. contrast. Yeah, and take yeah. it somewhere else. So, and that's a learning thing. They had to get to know each other on air. Um, and they were doing it live in front of a lot of people. Who's, so. who's directing the show? Because whoever directs the show would need to have uh, a lot of understanding and, and be a part of that team as well, I would We guess. have a couple of different directors. Um, Mal is our regular director. But the good thing at Channel 10, there's a lot of young people in there learning and training. And, and we have all sorts of floor crew who are learning on the, on the and job. And I think the trickiest role in that, in that kind of... Um, in the ensemble sense is you can clearly see Husey's there... You know, for the funny, yep. Carrie's there as the journalist. I think the hardest role actually was and is for Charlie, Absolutely. who is who is kind of doing both. And again, I think he's found an amazing balance now. Um, I mean, as you guys said before, Charlie talks about news as a hobby. Mm. Now, I don't think a lot of people would have known that. A lot of people know Charlie the funny guy. Mm. I don't think a lot of people know Charlie the extremely intelligent. Or I think early on they might not have known that he was... Is he there as a comedian? Yeah. Or is he actually a journalist? And And in fairness, perhaps we didn't know either. Mm. And thank you, Channel 10, for sticking with us because it's Mm -hmm. taken this year. It's taken this 12 months to find a place. Having said that... That uh, you've the the seven pm project has has just recently kind of been taking out the the position of the number one position over the commercial uh, stations. Do you think there was actually any way that you could have started the seven pm project and not taken nine months to to find kind of settle in and 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 get it that solid? I think certainly uh, the more you workshop any idea the closer you're going to get to what you want. 
But until you're on air, until you get feedback, until you get response, yep. mm. immediate response from whether that be the network themselves, whether that be the people watching it, mm. or the people making it, you, you need that response to so, understand where you're going wrong. And you took so a risk going right. So is that no? No, I don't. I don't, I don't I, maybe not nine months. Maybe six. Maybe months, not nine maybe months. Three months. Yeah. Look, again, though, and, until you can get a show to air, yeah. you're never really going to know. And how they're it's basically, go. I mean, not in terms of live experience, but they're pretty much new talent. I mm. mean, obviously, Charlie has got TV experience, but never in that capacity. Absolutely and even not. Husey. Dave. Dave was probably the most experienced. Mm. The fact that he hosts or is one of the hosts yeah. of before the game each week, mm. um, but not current affairs. Not current well, affairs. No. no. But he had current no, affairs he, on the Glass House. Sure. Um, but I think, you know, radio. similar to what you guys do, exactly, I think radio has given them all mm. an enormous amount mm. of experience. That's where, where Carrie's experience comes from. Mm. Um, not many people realise she was actually a journalist. Mm. Um, they only knew her as the girl who did the funny jokes on Rove. Mm. So it suddenly brought out a new side of her as well. Mm. Um, but that means you need that, you know, talking nine months, 12 months, whatever, a combination of a new format plus you really working with new talent, you need the time mm-hmm. to settle into... Those roles. And look, for them to get to know each other as well. Sure, they knew mm. each other from a, a working point of view, but they'd never really worked closely together. And like anything, like you guys on radio and, and all the rest of it, you need you need that time to find, mm. find your balance and to be able to read each other and know mm. when to talk and yeah, we when to got shut that the hell up. No, no we, we, we don't have that. I, I have to say, Robert, <laughs> as, a, as a Roving Enterprises alumnus, mm. uh, I love seeing the... Uh, the development that these shows go through and how, uh, like, I, I don't think 7pm Project would have been possible if you didn't have all of that experience of live television with 10 years of Rove. Yeah. Uh, and then this kind of is like, well, we've done that. We've conquered that. Mm. We've, uh, we, we've perfected on that. Where's the next challenge? And uh, 22 minutes every day is clearly a much greater challenge. It's an enormous challenge and it challenges me every day it's not something i've done before but it challenges all of us both on air and off air and and again you know if it wasn't for channel 10 we wouldn't be there basically i mean i can't see seven or nine mm. having stuck with something so long that that clearly and honestly wasn't rating particularly as, well, well when with it as an insider sorry as, as an insider how do you think why does 10 have such a different attitude to the other two? Oh, look i couldn't answer that for them um i think part of it was that david mott was a big fan of the idea right from the word go um, and was a big fan of the show right from the word go. Now, we didn't necessarily come up to expectation straight away, but they gave us the time and they gave us the commitment and we gave them a promise that we'll do our very best to get them what they need and, you know, it's paid off. So you went through that the, the same thing that Hey Hey Saturday is experiencing at the moment where everybody seemed to be saying, oh, this is terrible, you've you got to get rid of it. Oh, there was, there was hardly anybody who had a good word to say about it. Yeah. Was and, it? And was look, it? That's fine. Was but it? Was it? Did it come close? How close to the edge did it come with Channel Ten? As far as no, we're not going to keep on going. It with didn't. This. It didn't. It didn't? They, they'd given us a commitment that they were going to stick with it, and David had given us a commitment, and he stuck with it. And you guys were, were like fully up for going straight through summer. So yeah, yeah. That seemed yeah. to work in your favour. Yeah, we had a week off because I, I think, as listeners to to this show know, I, I would have pulled it off ages ago. I would have pulled it off two there. episodes. Uh, if, it, if it wasn't hitting one point two, seven seven PM. <laughs> I just, I just thought, well, it's because when it started, it was a mess. It was like it, it was, it was a, an entertaining mess, mm. but it clearly didn't know what it was. Uh, and as a viewer, I had very little patience for for that. Uh, yeah, and and purely just the technical, like like not 
being aware of what camera was on at at any given moments. And look again, yeah, we we were we were starting live in front of everybody, yeah. mm. and and look, and we can look back now and go, my God, we tried to pack far too much in. It was going at such a pace where you literally couldn't take a breath before they were on to the next news story. And you learn from your mistakes, and thankfully and we've been allowed to do that. And that's something that Channel 7 didn't give to uh, the bounce. That, the, the bounce yeah. uh, you which can't is... boil an egg at Channel 7 without being moved. I mean, they won't give you that three oh. minutes. Australia versus. Australia versus. It's gone. Oh. Yeah. Is it gone? Really? Well, I, think it's, it's, I think it's around. It's 10.30. But, wow. But yeah. it's been sent off to die. Yeah. After one episode. After one episode. Which, Holy moly. Well, they did get Rosso in there. Rosso's kiss of death. <laughs> Rosso's kiss of death. I didn't see it, was it? I didn't say it. It okay. wasn't good. I really wanted to like it. <laughs> oh, I yeah. really did. Nelly, you, you said that with, with, with so much I despair. Did. I really did want to like it. And I, I you might not be aware of this, but I can tolerate shit. I really can. <laughs> oh, Andrew I'm Bold, I can't. <laughs> I cannot. I'll tolerate Steve Price. I cannot tolerate Andrew Bold. But um, I really wanted to like that show, and it made my eyes bleed. See, whereas I find Andrew Bolt quite entertaining. Oh, but, don't but, even get me started. But Tim Ross has no business being on my screen <laughs> at all. But can I ask you, Nelly, will you walk out of the room if Andrew's on? I literally, or will you force yourself to watch? No, I literally can't. For the car crash and like I say, I mean, over. yes, I am unabashedly left-wing. There's no yep. question about that. Oh. Having said that, I am very happy to listen to conservative views and I can listen to Steve Price. I've got no problem with that. Yep. And I don't even mind getting a bit riled up. But I find Andrew Bolt mean. Mm. Like I just find him mean. I don't find him conservative or opposing point of view. I find him mean-spirited. And so I literally leave the room. And what what you get with Andrew Bolt, I I generally think, and and you can probably back this up, is that when he's not broadcasting, when he's not putting out his message, he's a really nice guy, is what I've heard from a lot of people. I don't care. From my dealings, it seems to be, yeah. I don't care. Andrew Bolt on The Insiders is very different to Andrew Bolt on The 7pm Project. And I think that's something that uh, I I like to always take into account when I see. Yeah, you think? Which one's he better on? I think, well, he, he plays a role. On the insiders, he knows that he's got a lot more time to go in-depth. And uh, I saw him on the insiders say if we legalise gay marriage, people would start having sex dogs. with animals. But he also, but he also knows that they're <laughs> going to call him up on that. Whereas on the, on the 7pm project, I think he can say that uh, knowing that it's going to get people riled up and that they've only got 22 minutes and they need to get on to well, the next thing. Can't see maybe, any value maybe he in takes it. it more seriously because he's not on ABC rates. Maybe there's got to be. There's got to be. You pay, are you paying better than the ABC, Rob? Or oh, that I don't know. <laughs> we are at Channel Ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's got to be better conservative commentators. That's yeah. I'm out. I'm out. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> hasn't been on for a while. That. Hasn't he? No, I don't think so. I think it's been maybe um, a couple ma- of months. Maybe you could have Hank Ruby on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Hank Ruby. It's a nice uh, right wing. He's American. Yeah. Uh, got some good uh, right wing views. There. Have you had Piers Ackerman? No, no, no. It's usually Steve, isn't it? Although um, he's quite Steve. Well, Steve's a regular. He's quite sedate. I mean, Steve's he's... on every Tuesday, so Steve's what yeah. our, we call. Our, we have rotating fourths as we I'm call them. Because we, we've got Charlie, we've got Carrie, and we've got Dave, mm. and then each on a Monday we have George Negus. On mm-hmm. a Tuesday we have Steve. 
On a Wednesday, we have Dr. Andrew Rochford. Mm-hmm. Who's th- great. Who's great. Yeah. Uh, on a Thursday, generally, uh, I think it's oh, – at the moment, we've sort of been swapping between Dr. Chris Brown and Jem mm. Byrne. Mm-hmm. And then a Friday, it's a free-for-all because Dave's not there. So, And I'm loving – because you have a lot of Chrissy lately. We've had the and Circle I, Girls. Loving you know, the Circle Girls. I lo- well, Chrissy in particular. Chrissy in particular. Yumi's been terrific. We're so lucky to know that Georgie's around. Should mm-hmm. you know, carry one a day off here and there. Georgie can slip right in there and, and take that role. So – we're so the, the hardest working people in showbiz, I'm trying to work out whether it's you, given that you only had a week off in the last 12 months, or Husey, who's doing 17,000 TV shows. It's still Husey. It and radio and live gigs and oh, plus he's mental. Got, has anyone mentioned a baby? Yeah. 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 I presume he's got uh, help with that. And then he's exercising <laughs> on top of that. He's Is looking he? fantastic. Have you seen him lately? Oh. Svelte. Not with his shirt off. Well, no, I haven't seen him when with his shirt off. When have you seen him either, with but... his shirt off? No, I said not with his shirt off. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen no, him with his shirt no. off? I thought you meant he's not looking svelte with his shirt off. Like, properly. Rob, really, thanks so much for coming in. Hey, thank you. It's, it's always lovely to have it's you. It's always good fun. Please come back again. Can we talk soon. about Survivor next time? Oh, oh yeah. please. Yeah. Will you come and talk Survivor? Do you love with Survivor? Me? Oh, two guests tonight. Both have brought up my favourite show. Guess what I was doing yesterday? Mental. Playing Survivor on Wii. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. The new what? season starts soon. It's a game. It's, it's a, a game, game on Wii. It's fantastic. <laughs> I need Wii. Come around to my place now. Can I? Play Survivor Please. Together. Who's your favourite Survivor of all time? Uh, Jerry. Jerry. The Which Black one? Widow. The Black Widow. She oh, so should have won. I am totally in love with you. Love I'm it. totally in love. Next time. Oh, okay. Like I am with Pavati. <laughs> oh, you just want Pavati's boobies. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what the future holds, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, wake the kids, phone the neighbours. Under all the circumstances, I disagree. This is such a crack of shit. Greatest TV characters of all time. We've got a special guest in the Box Cutter Studio. We it sure is have. Lawrence Mooney. It's very nice to be here. Um, I gather that I'm not going to be counted as one of the great characters of all time in the the poll. You're a uh, character in a, in a Aussie Uncle kind of. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Um, Sergeant Trevor Jordan, one of the most memorable characters from City Homicide mm, last mm, year. Mm. Is that your favourite character? No, that's who I played for 19 <laughs> seconds. What was your uh, <laughs> What was your favourite line from that role? 19 seconds worth. Uh, my favourite line from that where I was... Did you get in a uh, Roger? Roger. It my fault. <laughs> Why didn't you chat to your Sergeant Wolf? <laughs> yeah. And that stayed with you, Loz. That's nice. Yeah. It was good. A bit of anger in there. I, I do some good anger. I'm going to go and speak to Wolf now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you want That's, to go and say, hey, Jordan's in there and he's saying that it's your fault. Say, saying that it's your yeah. fault. Uh, by the way, my name's Josh. Hi. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you. Sorry. Uh, if you were a policeman, sergeant. what uh, department would you like to work in, Josh? Uh, if if I was a policeman, I would. You'd want to watch television. Yeah, I'd work in the TV yeah. department. I'd probably, I'd probably. Surveillance. I'd probably like to work uh, like Vice. Right. And but be in the van in Vice, so I could watch television. Do you know? I think that you know you've got that that kind of personable, trustworthy thing that if you went into a strip club, you know the the skanky stripper would tell you everything she knew. 
Lawrence, that's like taken less do. than three minutes for you to get the word skanky, skanky in strip and room. strip club. Yeah. And, and <laughs> can I say, Lawrence, that that has been my reasoning thus far. Mm. That always works. That always happens in a police procedural, though, doesn't it? It does. Somebody gets kicked off the force. Oh, sorry, uh, Nellie Thomas. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Mooney, comedian and lover of television. I'm going to bring it back to the actual yeah, segment, let's get it back. if you don't mind. And ask you, because I assume you've been contemplating your top ten. You want to throw out a couple of names? Who, who, who's up there? Uh, listen, I reckon Tony Soprano is right up there. Sure, I strip was, club. Yep. Uh, okay, Butterbing. <laughs> um, uh, Josh from West Wing. Oh, nice. Oh, so close. Yeah. <laughs> so close. LemonLyman.com. You're an uh, advocate. I, uh, I love Josh. And, uh, you know, I love characters who are deeply flawed, who have contradictions, you know, who have a charismatic kind of air to them. You know, because I sit there and do a, a classic, you know, Freudian projection when I'm watching the television. I pretend that oh, the central character that. is me. Yeah, no, we've fully and so, established that. And so, yeah, a lot of these people are me. One of the exceptions to that, uh, maybe she isn't an exception, is um, Mrs. Partridge. I, uh, <laughs> I always ah. was so fond of her. I thought even though that, that family is fatherless, it does, it does have... Ruben Kincaid as a father, as a male role model, <laughs> yeah, the manager. I always thought I'd like to be a part of that family. I, I strongly oh, identified nice. with Donny, uh, Danny Bonaduccio, who played Danny in the in the series. But and Mrs. you're not Patrick. being sarcastic, being the, are you? Being the, being the no, no, I really loved it. I loved the so bus. I loved the family unit. And because, I thought she was such a strong all, mother. They worked together. They played together. Mm. Yeah, and what she about- was beautiful. And as a child, you you have these massive crushes on older women that are just very attractive and she for me was always the perfect mother of course my mother while I was watching it was uh, was at work can we just (laughs) 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 anyway she didn't have any musical skills or a large yellow bus with patches on the side and you went the mother rather than Susan Day yeah well with with her See, I, would, I, I would go season day. Hell yeah. But I understand the mother as a character. Yeah. Whereas uh, in terms oh of... No. See what I did there? Oh it was no. dirty. You have lowered the tone. Yeah. Well, I wasn't in far to In terms of TV mothers, and, and we'll get back to the top Roseanne? 10. Uh, no. Oh, and Mrs. Brady, some days yes, some days no. Really? Carol yeah, Brady? Carol mm. Brady, but uh, not... I would say another one of my top 10 would be... Uh, two from the same show, Max Smart and definitely 99. 99, <laughs> probably the sexiest, strongest female character. Max have is you polling ever, well. Oh, have you seen, uh, did you ever see the, the black and white episodes of uh, Get Smart? The early ones. Well, she was so sexy in those. We only so had a black and white telly, so every episode you I've sure ever which seen was black and white on that. <laughs> no. So. Can I just point out something that the only context in which we're talking about the lady characters are whether or not you want to bone them. No, no, that's not true. Can I, okay, come I was, on. I was, no, because I was talking I was about Mrs. Move. Partridge as a very strong and mother figure. I was going to And also, 99 is sexy and strong. Stop <laughs> only <laughs> hearing the sexist I was gonna move, bits. I was gonna move 99 to another, had the brains. I was going to move to another, uh, another mother character, which I don't think has... Uh, I don't think she has come up. Mm. Uh, Ruth Fisher. No, you hate Six Feet Under. Maggie Beer. Mm. Mag- right. I... Maggie, sorry, Maggie Bear. Maggie yeah. Bear, I should yeah, say. Yeah. Not right. the cook. Not the cook. Yeah. Ma- Maggie Bear from uh, Mother and Son. There was, was too much in that for me that I I, I I didn't like that series. It was just too painful. I very funny in parts, but I I'm just like thought the idea. I'm like that with the, the office. I can't watch it. Just too painful. Too and, and I wouldn't. I, David Brent 
great comedy character, but I wouldn't say one of my top ten. Mm. It's almost hard to put comedy characters in there because it's like when you're talking about your top ten, there's such an emotional connection to them that they're more than just that. And I'm not saying that comedy's one or two dimensional, but there's a, a great kind of emotional journey you go on, which you don't go on with Brent because you're cut off at a certain point. You want to laugh along with him and squirm, but you're not interested in becoming friends or intimate with the character. Mm. I just find, oh, well, that's a different discussion, but with The Office, I just, for me, that's too close to home. I've had too many bosses like that, right. and I just watch it and go, <gasps> Yeah, and they're properly it's too abusive much. pricks yeah. by their negligence and stupidity or by the fact that they're malevolent. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's, yes. but But because he has so many different facets, I mean, that's, that's what makes him a, a great character. Yeah, the fact yeah. that you, oh, he is a great That character. you it's are actually show. repulsed by him, Nelly. Make, oh, and that it's a testament how good the show is. It affects me that much, but I actually find it quite. I just don't enjoy watching it. Like I can't. I appreciate how good it is, but I don't enjoy watching. So it. I, I have that with uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, right. I just don't enjoy watching it. It's, I, it's different. I love Larry. I really mm. do love Larry. I, I identify quite strongly with Larry. And you, you find it acceptable that he's so neurotic about about things, and he just can't come out and. and Talk straight. And he's ex- always worried about appearances. Yeah, I kind of accept him as a human being, and I think that's part of the like skill the of the show. Yeah, mm. but uh, from the the recent you know box sets that I've worked my way through, uh, let's go back. Tony Soprano, Josh Lyman, mm. uh, and one that you put me onto, The Wire. Mm. Uh, if there Who are you was, going for in The Wire? I think the greatest gay character in the history of TV, Omar. Absolutely. It's basically Omar V. Bubbles. Can I give you a little update? And I love Bunk. Because because Lawrence came in and and, uh, at least half of his top ten were uh, were women. Yes. And we've got interesting news about women on the list. Well, two interesting developments, and I don't want to give away, you know, actually who's winning and that sort of thing because there's three more days of voting. Right, I was going to say, when's it finalised? Too much. Three days. The top ten, as it stands, is not a single woman in it. That's but in the next ten, which is you know eleven through twenty, over half of them are women. So they're almost in the top ten. The other interesting thing to note is that many of the shows that you've mentioned. So if you just look at the number of characters per show, like which shows keep recurring, right. these are the the shows that are polling the best: The Sopranos, mm-hmm. The Wire, The West Wing, The Office, Sesame Street. Seinfeld, MASH, Buffy, Deadwood and Six Feet Under. Right. So those shows clearly have great characters but, because they are coming up repeatedly. But but because they have multiple great characters, they're not no. necessarily appearing example, in the For example, Sesame Street, Six Feet Under, neither of them have a character in the top 20. Right. But they come up repeatedly as shows, but they're just spread out. That is really interesting. Isn't it interesting? Whereas, I've never even yeah. thought about puppets on TV as mm. potential characters. So, I, I, you know, Fozzie Bear would Big be. Big Bird. I'm not, I'm not a fan you go of Muppets. Big Bird. I'm not a fan. Of it's Big it's Bird. funny that you you went straight for the, for a puppet who is a stand up comedian. Yeah, it <laughs> <laughs> has never occurred to me. And uh, <laughs> such a beautiful man, Fozzie Bear. Yeah. A really good guy. Well, gen- generous, but uh, yeah. to a fault. Is he Jewish, Fozzie Bear? 
No, he's a bear. <laughs> bears, <laughs> bears don't have religion. Really? Just, yeah. Rather than rather than keeping the Sabbath, they just take entire seasons off. I watched this great stick a movie. Stick up their ass, go to sleep. I watched this great movie once, uh, and the name's going to elude me for a bit. But anyway, it's about a bunch of musical bears who live on this property, and a developer wants to destroy the property. And this little bear who's been adopted by a white family, uh, knows he doesn't belong and eventually says to his is parents... Is Sandra Bullock in this? No, she's not. Mm. But uh, Christopher Walken is. And uh, he's the evil developer. Anyway, the bear is a big fan of this musical group who have broken up. It's called the Country Bears or something like that. Anyway, he runs away from home in search of these bears and wants to restart their music hall. Anyway, it turns out these bears... They're kind of discriminated against, but they really identify with black people a lot in the movie. And I found that interesting. It's like, do you so know, you can displace it onto a very Yeah, bear. we've kind of confused the allegory here, but <laughs> bears and black people are really good friends. Oh, my Lord. All right, now I'm going to bring you back. To, I'm now, bringing you back to, to Deadwood. Which now, is, you mentioned, yes, one of the shows that I have enjoyed. Which you're a, a huge fan of. I am a huge fan. <laughs> and that's why I'm here because I want to speak about Al Swearengen. Mm. And it, it, it got me quite late in the day watching this series that Al was, in fact, an historical figure. Yes, a real person. A real person. Mm. And, uh, you know, I thought, oh, there's Calamity Jane and there's Wyatt Earp and Wild Bill Hickok. And uh, all of a sudden it's just like uh, I was looking up Al Swearingen and, hey, he actually yeah. existed. Alice Albert Swearingen, born July 8, 1845, a pimp a in Deadwood, South Dakota. And uh, he ran the entertainment and uh, he pimped the prostitutes. And for all intents and purposes, to look at Al, you'd think, you know, an evil bad man exploiting mm. people all the way. But there was some, you know, sides to Al where... You now, think, are you talking real Al now? Are you talking no, no, Deadwood I'm talking Al? about Deadwood Al. De- yeah, Deadwood Al, okay. Deadwood Al where, you know, you think essentially the guy's in a position which is very difficult. It's about survival and he's going to survive. He's a Darwinian and uh, he's going to tread on some people's heads along the way and do some unjust stuff. But if you try and, you know, walk a a mile in our shoes, which I found incredibly easy to do. I uh, Not that I've ever pimped or run a oh, brothel. Lawrence, you would. We all know you would. Or sold, you know, dodgy gold um, fines. Uh, I, I thought Al was actually, you know, he had a, a loving side to him. Do you know Loving too much. Can I give you two examples, actually, of where? Because he's such a complicated character. On paper you go, he's known for his violence. Yeah, he's, he's extremely violent. To everyone, particularly brutal, you know, to women and children. How can I even? How can I find anything redeemable in this character? And then I think of two scenes. One is where he assisted the um, priest or the minister to die, mm-hmm. like the the oh, euthanasia scene. That is one of the most touching, which is scenes. a really beautiful scene. And the other one is when he has kidney stones. At when the he, start of season when two, when he is reduced um, to being a human. Mm. Yeah. Like a human with a physical condition, and you're like, please, someone help him. And I find that is why Deadwood's brilliant. If it can make you love I, and identify with I also, him. You know, I also love the fact that Swearingen is, is very protective of mm. his people. Mm. 
He's 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 tribal, well, and he's the other thing that I find very attractive about him is he's a political animal. So, mm. like you know, uh, you know, it's like Survivor set in the Wild West. He, <laughs> <laughs> I love Survivor. Right, okay. mental. For well, it. that was uh, Kid Nation, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, you know, he plays the numbers. Yeah, he builds alliances, and if you're going to build alliances. You've got to be very careful about nurturing them mm. or when you cut them loose, it's gone forever. Do you know what's really interesting about him too? Because I was reflecting on um, like how like unashamedly, and I suppose in this context it might not even work as a concept, but he's so racist, you know, with Wu and the Celestials and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, he is the only character in that show who takes them seriously, who actually engages with Wu, who trades well, I think with him. He's, he's racist in language but yeah. not... Not in exactly, attitude. Exactly. In attitude, he's he's quite egalitarian. Yes, and people are. He hates everybody. People yeah. are racist <laughs> towards him. They keep yes. calling him that limey cocksucker. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so be- because he wasn't when born you, in say, America, limey mm. cocksucker. That's a that's a racial. That's term. a bad thing. Well, that's <laughs> limey. Limey because is right. because because okay. uh, the the character is, that is short for blimey, limey. Blimey. I don't know. Don't which know. is short for uh, core blimey, which uh, yeah. is from the God blind me. Right. As, as a, but as I don't know why English people are called the lime, are called limeys. I bet it's from core oh, blimey. Someone no, will tell us. I reckon it's from the ships and having the limes to to uh, keep away the... Uh, scurvy. The scurvy, yep. Oh. Right. So, so they, uh, early on especially, they, they refer to him as a limey cocksucker, meaning, you know, why, why should we even give him any part of our country he doesn't belong here mm. uh, and yet he's a foreigner he's, he's mm. a foreigner mm. and yet he's so protective of the town mm. he's protective of what they're trying to do there and just like Julia and uh, I can I can mitigate the racism to a degree where that kind of English thing is you pick a fault with someone and that becomes their handle like you know <laughs> yeah. uh, basically oh, shorty up. or fatty yeah. or you know darky yeah. or fucking chink or whatever and that is and that it's not actually a judgment no it's a term of endearment so yeah he might be very racist with his handles but Mm. yeah he actually embraces Mm. he embrace he's actually a pluralist isn't he Mm. he embraces Mm. a lot of what's going on around him and he is also that classic english thing of he's very parochial he loves deadwood deadwood is where Mm. he exists and where he has made his home, albeit, you know, a shitty one. The thing I love about that, the whole series, Swearingen aside, but he's a metaphor for it, is the filth and the struggle. You know, mm. it's the dirty And just the visceral place. nature of, mm. you know, sex and blood and death and the pigs and, and the gallstones and the mud and the... Di- it's, yeah. You, and you that, just don't see that There's anymore. no relief from... Uh, the elements because there's mm. no hot running water, mm. which is the single greatest invention mankind's ever done, isn't it? You know, what? where along are you with, without hot running the, water? The, the, the sewage, because you, what you don't get from Deadwood is the stench of, of the raw sewage. sewage in the gutters. But if you but if you walk through Athens on any given summer day, you'll get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, uh, um, <laughs> and it's oh, horrible, horrible. Summer. But the other thing that we we forget about Swearingen is that he's a trailblazer at a time when Deadwood was nothing but tents and called a camp. He had a building. Yeah, mm. he he was there. Mm. He was, uh, and also he, he was an establisher. And he's got very firm views, like philosophical views about the importance of democracy. 
Mm. Which also gets lost in all of his cocksucker, you know, swerge and whatever, whatever. The most brilliant swearing I've ever heard on any TV show ever comes out of Swagen's mouth. Yeah. Like, I just absolutely adore and, it. And He's, the swearing is... is we we always look at history with this kind of through this grand scope, mm. and you get the the pettiness of people, mm. and you get their largesse, and you get their foul mouths and their moods and all that stuff. Mm. And Swerigen's great like that. He, uh, like all businessmen, he's very interested in democracy mm. because democracy means that his stake is going to be protected. That's right. But he actually seems to fight uh, on principle for it which is also interesting, is a bit like some of the other characters we've talked about, like Omar, where you think on the surface you're actually running around killing people, but you do actually have a moral code. Yeah, which it's is not the far same above moral code. what's it's, going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, the, kind of the new definition of, of outlaw is somebody mm. who lives outside of our moral code but mm. has their own. And mm. I think a very that's, strong one, yeah. That's what kind of gets, for me, those characters makes them attractive is that that is what is charisma. They mm. they are above what's going on around them. They're full of contradictions, but mm-hmm. they are they're larger than what surrounds them. Well, Lawrence Mooney, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us about. Sorry, I know I, know I cut you off. Well, I think I came in to speak about Al Swearingen, so Nelly could speak about Al. Swearingen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, that's, that's, no, you don't have to apologise. That's, that's pretty that's much lovely the way to she hear works. your passion. <laughs> So, Lawrence Mooney, you are going to be uh, appearing in human form mm-hmm. uh, on the 18th, Sunday the 18th, at the Esplanade Hotel Comedy's in back Kilda. at the ESPY. It's uh, in the basement at the front at the moment, but it's going to return to the Gershon Room. It starts around about 8.30. Uh, there was, I, I think that's there's where... probably going to be a great band on called East West, which is a Japanese blues fusion, uh, and it's an awesome... I think the I think the back of the ESPY is where we all met for the first time. Mm, probably the yeah. three the three of us, Brett mm. and I, met back Triple in the old, R uh, kitchen. But yeah, back 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 in the old days, back of the ESPY, the kitchen. Oh. <laughs> oh, don't make me. Wait. There was there was a time when they had the greatest chips in Melbourne. That kitchen, the ESPY kitchen, that was fantastic. Yes, yeah, I'm uh, trying to suck it up. So now just yeah, it looks, uh, it looks a bit scary down those stairs into the basement. Monday the nineteenth. No, it's not scary. No. Yeah, okay, it looks a little bit. Um, you know, no one's no one's been stabbed yet. That I know of. Yeah. Uh, Monday the 19th, uh, you're also appearing at the local in St. Yes, Kilda. as a character I'm developing for next year's comedy festival called, called Rudy van der Stone. Rudy. Uh, he's a Dutchman and uh, come along and see him because he's very interesting. Speaking he's got, of racist men who swear he'll, right? he'll be mournful next <laughs> he week. He actually right? doesn't swear at all. No, he doesn't. No, actually. but uh, he's quite racist. So, <laughs> like, no, you know, he's not. Uh, people think he is, but uh, he's just, you know, got certain views about certain races. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Reddy, thank you so much. For joining us, it's once always again a pleasure. Cutters. Cutters. Postman, I have a letter from you. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. Letters to box cutters, and we've had so many letters and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, little missives come in. In fact, in, in all of the different ways that we have. We've had people send in audio about greatest TV characters of all time. Uh, we've had emails. And, Brett, we've had an SMS. Yes, on the uh, special line it says, Dear 0458 Butt Doctors, please thank Brett for the utter BC tooth-sucking noises of a few weeks ago. It did not go unnoticed by this listener. From Rob, Rob Boxcutter. And uh, I... I uh, 
that uh, gives me some hope because there was zero uh, uh, feedback here in the studio. What did you when do? I, I don't know. You I just you just suck your teeth so many times. I just, I, what were you doing? We. we we talked about uh, Adebisi <laughs> from Oz came up. Oh, and, I haven't and, seen Oz. And I just threw, threw in a little, uh, obviously, too subtle, <laughs> which was his uh, little thing. I thought you yeah. were doing a... No, no. Oh. No Chianti that's and uh, flava mm, beans. That's just creepy. Some flava beans? Something like that. Fava, 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 fava beans. Fava beans. Clay. Uh, we had a, an email come through from, uh, from Shane Boxcutter, uh, who's a long-time listener, and uh, also long-time commentator and uh, has given us lots of, uh, lo- lots of suggestions. One of them is one thing that we mm. do on this show uh, every week now. So <laughs> thanks for that, Shane. Uh, he wrote in on Monday morning, having watched the World Cup final on Sunday night. Yep. Hi, Boxcutters. Well, Monday morning. Or Monday Monday morning, Sunday night into Monday morning. That thing just went on for way too long. Uh, he says, hi, Box, because I'm sure you will already be all over the major television controversy of this year on tonight's show, because he knew mm-hmm. that we were recording on Monday yep. night. Was he being facetious? Uh, no, but we just didn't have time. Okay. I think I think he was sure that we would uh, talk about it. The thing that uh, well, anyway, Sorry, go on, go. On. Uh, he said, "I just want to say that uh, the SBS handling of the commentary this morning of the World Cup final was an outrage. I tell you, a full blown outrage." After using expert British commentators for almost all games except for the Australian ones in the cup, I assume fed from the BBC or similar, with excellent results on the whole. This morning, they decided to go with an Australian commentary team who were absolutely appalling. I'm not going to comment on the individuals involved. So I don't want this to descend into name calling. I wish then he had gone into actually descend into name calling. Oh, no, Who I did appreciate it? the restraint. I appreciate it. I know, but how funny if he had just gone. But this guy, what a cock! No, and, you know, hilarious. Who were the Australian? I don't know. I, I don't know because I was you watching. I was watching it, but I have the sound turned down so. Off so, the so low because of the Visibulas. Uh and I'm on Twitter and I'm I'm looking at the commentary on on Twitter. So do you watch it silent? Did you watch it silent? Not not completely silent, but it's just all kind of background noise. Wow! I listen more for the excitement in the commentator's voice than the actual mm-hmm. uh, than the actual things that like they're saying. Like a Jared Whateley, woo! And every time, every time a. Uh, Every time a, a commentator said something ridiculous, I was sure that Shane, who is Shane Gold on Twitter, mm. uh, was going to uh, mention you know. it in his in his tweets. And did and he? he did, and uh, and that was that was totally appreciated. Uh, he says that they were seriously second or third rate. I've absolutely no idea why this was done, but based on my feelings and those of the majority who are awake and commenting on, on Twitter, SBS has made a serious blunder here and severely dented their reputation for excellent sporting coverage when they get the rights, that is. Josh, I know you're awake watching the game, so may have views on this, but I'm not sure if the rest of the Box Cutters crew were. Anyway, I'd be interested in your views on the show as to why SBS would do this and the impact commentary teams have on the viewers' perceptions slash ratings of shows. Shane, I, I think SBS did that because uh, they felt that uh, they needed to give their commentators a, a go and... Surely they should have done that earlier on. Yeah, why would you do that for the final? Well, and this is this is the thing. Why 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 set that up for mm. the final? Their commentating on the Australian games was not great, and the other commentating that we had for the rest of the World Cup was really first class. Uh, and so I just I just wasn't listening. Mm. I just wasn't listening to it. I was watching the game, uh, concentrating on on the game and. Uh, 
and that also. I think if the game had been more interesting, maybe people wouldn't have noticed the uh, the commentary as much. But the f- the first half of that game was a schnorfest. I mean, as you know, I've said it before. I turned off with the with the buzz. I couldn't take it, and I can't watch something like soccer or football. I can't watch it without the commentators. I really like the commentators, right? And the point um, that he's making about you know, do the commentators, uh, you know, influence your experience of it? Absolutely, for me, as someone who's not a big sports fan, the commentators are really important. Right. To the atmosphere for me, to understanding the game, to background about the players, the enthusiasm, all of that's really important. And yeah, so if I can't listen to them, I'm not watching. Apparently they were they were just making ri- ridiculous, ridiculous comments. We also had uh, some audio sent in from Cathy James. Sorry, Brett. Gonna- I, I was I, I was going to say because clearly I wasn't up uh, I, I wasn't up for the uh, the Australia games uh, in the World Cup uh, I wasn't up this morning early either yes uh, yes you were I got an email from you at almost two o'clock I wasn't watching I, I was up and yet I wasn't watching <laughs> well it didn't so, start until four thirty so I, I was up and inspired just despite <laughs> the World Cup I did not watch I wanted to go to bed <laughs> but I really wanted to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> but having uh, having asked around over the day uh, because I saw that email uh, this morning, uh, it it seems that uh, everybody that I asked that I came across uh, in the course of my day didn't really notice that much bad about the commentary on uh, okay. the World Cup final. How many people did you ask? Uh, four people that watched it. Okay, that's quite fairly a lot. disparate. Everybody I spoke to... That was to, over, you know, five, six hours. Everybody I spoke to today was going to work as I was going to bed. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I must admit, I was listening to um, like sports talk back today just because I always have the radio on in the background. On and there was no, you know, hoo-ha about it. Like, there was certainly no one ringing in saying the commentary was terrible. Sports or, talk back on... Was on 774. So, are you saying oh, Shane's... Oh, so Jared was on... Yeah, with Jared, yeah. Are you saying Shane's alone? No. Are you saying, are you saying he's... No, not at his all. Is Robinson didn't see Crusoe it. on this? Not at all. He's Robinson Caruso. <coughs> C- Caruso? Yes. Frankly, I'm not Robinson trusting... Crusoe. He's Robinson Caruso. I'm, I'm prepared to trust Shane on this one. What's the, uh, what's the opera singer's name? Doesn't matter. Come on. <laughs> Let's go. Crusoe is right. He's, okay. he's the man on the iron. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Josh you, is losing his screw- tiny mind and Brett's feeding with my it. Mind. You're screwing. Kathy James. Uh, also sent us uh, audio, and in, in the audio she mentions you've been, you've been revving up the box goes listeners. Off, I, I, I have. Uh, she um, she mentions that uh, she couldn't get through on Skype. So apologies to anyone mm. who tried to get through on Skype and hasn't been able to. And let's uh, mention the important fact that Kathy is in California. LA. Yeah, but she, I'm another, glad that I made the suggestion last. Week. I don't think she's in LA. I think she's just in California somewhere. Well, another international she's, listener. Uh, another is international what I'm listener. As I the did, box cutters so, family is, is yes. very widespread. Last week, if you don't want to get on on Skype and do it uh, all in one breath, then you can uh, just record into your recording device on your computer and, uh, and edit email, it up, make it sound sexy, that. and send it across to us. And that's and that's what she's done. Uh, so I appreciate it. We got into a conversation on the Facebook page, the box cutters. When Facebook you say page. where, you mean you and her? Me, me and Kathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook.com slash box cutters is mm-hmm. where you can find that and become a fan if you like. Uh, we got into a discussion because she said that we should change the top 10 list to recently instead of all time and change it to top 10 from youngish men. 
<laughs> She's got some firm views. She you can tell she, that from the recording. She really has some firm mm. views. I pointed out to her that at least 60% of the votes have come from women. Mm-hmm. Uh, from this. So it's it's not just uh, youngish men. I'm mm. quite but, impressed with But all of us box cutters are youngish men. Uh, what about you? just said I've got a wide on, so <laughs> that doesn't work. Well, does it? Anyway, let's what not. What about John? Oh, um, no. Yeah, he's sorry. older yeah. than me. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I, I I love, and I mean this like absolutely sincerely, I love, like she's got firm views, she's been critical, but I absolutely love how like engaged she is with the with the issue. Oh, yeah. And I love one of the things that I suspected when we started this was that people would be as interested in how to determine this list as the contents of the list. And she's definitely lent more toward the former. And I love that. I think it's fascinating. So let's let's have a, a listen to Kathy. Hi, Josh, Nelly, John, Brett. This is Kathy Boxcutter from California calling to record my thoughts on the greatest TV characters of all time. Most of my comments were about how one chooses the greatest TV characters of all time. My sense of your provisional list was that a lot of the characters that are on it are merely good characters from recently and don't really reflect the all-time nature of what you're trying to do. I think that Homer Simpson and the Doctor from Doctor Who either have already or will be remembered for a long time into the future, but that Characters from The Wire, Sopranos, and Deadwood, for example, are merely good characters from recently. And in 25, 30, or 40 years, people won't remember them at all. I think that to qualify for greatness and being the greatest of all time, characters have to have staying power and be icons in the culture. On my list would be Mr. Spock and Captain Kirk from Star Trek. These characters have been around for going on 50 years, and nearly everyone knows who they are. After the original show ended, they continued on in additional series, plus books, plus movies, and are iconic because many generations of TV watchers know them. Similarly, characters like Gilligan from Gilligan's Island, the Beaver from Leave it to Beaver, and Lucy from The Lucy Show are characters that people of multiple generations recognize and, in fact, even know well many years on. This is a different phenomenon from merely being well-crafted and engaging in the short term, like a character such as Omar from The Wire. I think, particularly among women, there are some characters from soap operas that have been very popular and well-loved with TV watchers for three or more decades. The two examples that spring to my mind immediately are Erica Kane from All My Children and Luke Spencer from General Hospital. These characters have lasted many generations and it's really amazing how many stories have been written for them. These characters have outlasted different writers on these shows, different trends in writing, and multitudes and multitudes of storylines. And audiences still love them or love to hate them, keep tuning in, and watch them in multiple episodes per week. You just can't compare characters like these to a character that lives two or three seasons once a week prime time. Sorry, but I don't think a character like Tony Soprano even deserves to be mentioned in the company of an Erica Kane or a Luke Spencer.
for sheer durability and the adoration of fans year after year after year. If you want to send your letters to box cutters, you can. Oh, and and that uh, that that message to box cutters was longer. And uh, if you want to listen to further oh. arguments, we'll put the whole thing up on the website at some stage yep. this week, uh, or maybe link to it on the Facebook page. Uh, we'll work something. We'll out. do both. We'll you can both. hear Kathy in all her glory. In all of her glory. Uh, later on this week, we'll put it uh, back up on the website. And thanks for the message, Kathy. If you want to uh, email us, you can send an email to hooray at boxcutters.net. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, uh, 039016-9269. If you want to text us, 0458-288-837. Or 0458-BUTT-DOCTORS. Or 0458-CUTTER. Or you can send us a link to your blog. Where you have outlined all your characters as and why the, you love them so much, as Tansy. As Tansy did, uh, which was also just remarkable. It was amazing analysis. Yeah. It's, yeah, go and check that it's, out. That's, that's worth doing as well. What is that, Tansy? Tansy? Uh, we'll put the link up on, okay. the, on the website. Have a look at boxcutters.net. There'll be lots of ways. Okay, question three. Which yeah, can I- all these going to be about war? No. I got loads of... I got one on tennis, one on the Suez Canal... Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? We've talked about Nurse Jackie earlier on Mm -hmm. uh, in the show, uh, several months ago, quite a while ago, maybe Mm -hmm. over a year ago. Go back into the archives, find it, see what we thought about it. But you have a chance to win the first series in a box set. From sanity.com.au. First series of Nurse Jackie. That was sanity.com.au. Sanity.com.au. Mm. Sorry, did I just say sanity.com.au? <laughs> sanity.com.au. Uh, they have given us this out of the kindness of their very own hearts. So what's our they've also, I, so, I was about to well, say, they've... Well, yeah, they you know they wanted us to say their name on the. They've also sponsored some of our reviews that we've recently had on the mm-hmm. box cutter site. I need to point out that those are reviews that we've written uh, that they have absolutely no say in. They just thought they're just writing our coattails. Th- they are. They're just All going. They're doing. Uh, basically, we we send them a list of uh, of reviews that we've gotten ready for for the website. And they we've say prepared, and they say no that we've gotten re- that we've plated up. For <laughs> for the website, uh, and they say, "Oh well, we can uh, we we can uh, give you some sponsorship on this." So they give us some money. We're very grateful, and they've given us things to give away to you, the listeners. But they dictate nothing. True, except what we can and can't give away. I didn't even know they're a sponsor. That's how little they dictate. Well, so, they're a t- they're a tiny sponsor. They're they're a sponsor. Of they the, give us some stuff for certain bits on the, so on the website. The question. Yeah. So the, this week's question is. In Nurse Jackie, there are two characters, or sorry, there are two actors in the show, Nurse Jackie, who have previously appeared together in another series. Can you tell me those actors' names and the series? And yes is not an acceptable answer. Yes. I want you, <laughs> tell, tell us the names of two actors on Nurse Jackie who have appeared together in a previous series. Also, tell us what the series is. Correct. Send those entries to hooray at boxcutters.net or via the Talk to Boxcutters link on the website. Send them to us by 4pm next Monday, the 19th, 19th. No, of, no, 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 19th of July. Yes. And you will be in the running to win the first series of Nurse Jackie on DVD. 
not starting with Brett because... Uh, hey, I'm prepared. Actually. Oh, are you? Yes. Are you? <laughs> Start with Brett then. If I was to watch one thing this uh-huh. week, it would be Greatest Cities of the World with Griff Reese jones This week, he takes a look at Sydney. Does he realise that Australia's very own Sydney... I wonder if people send him emails going, how dare you call that one of the greatest cities of of the world? Don't you know that uh, that's surely just an, you know, the, the greatest city according to one old man? Too much of a mouthful for a, a series title, I think. But do you think he gets? Do you think he gets? Emails? Do people get passionate about Doubt about Griff Rhys Jones and the greatest cities of? I'm uh, sure that they do. I'm sure all. that. Have you been on the internet lately? Ah, uh, true. True. Did you, you should see the message boards after Marion got voted off. Whoa. Ooh. Ooh. Apparently, uh, city, Sydney is a city where people work and live and live fabulously well. In what Griff describes as surely one of the most beautiful locations in the world. Last time I was in Sydney, I saw a guy shooting up in Newtown with his belt and his pants had fallen down. But fabulously. <laughs> no, it was not fabulous. It was, no. Nelly, if you want oh, to watch oh. one thing this week... Now, I'm not, I'm not telling you that I would watch Ghost Whisperer returning this week. No. You're not allowed to. <laughs> I don't You're do that. I'm too guilty thing. about that. All right. One thing. Mine is uh, Wednesday, 14th of July, 8.30pm on ABC2, and it is called Andrew Jenks, colon, Room 335. And it is a social experiment oh. where a 19-year-old spends a summer living in an old person's home. Yes. Oh, now, Fascinating. Now, uh, Australian, Australian comedian Dave... One of the many Daves. Yeah, Davo. Uh, Davo, who, mm. who did a a, a, a series, uh, a TV series of going into other people's oh, shoes. Oh, yes, into their jobs. Into into their jobs. Yeah. But he also mm. spent a, a, t- a time work living at a retirement community. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I wonder if it's... Oh, no, I don't I think it's because it's Andrew. But this, this, and this, this sounds a little bit uh, more think, depressing. I'm not sure why, but I think... I haven't written it down. I think it's American. Yeah, Andrew Jenks, room 335, Wednesday, 14th of July, 8.30pm, ABC2. I did neglect to say uh, 8.30 Tuesday on ABC1 is the greatest cities. Ah, thank you. Uh, Now, I have a one thing that was actually sent in by a listener from Queensland. Mm -hmm. And uh, I meant to mention this last week and didn't. Mm -hmm. And that's bad me. Mm. Bad me. But there's a TV show called Schadenfreude, which is on Channel 31 in Brisbane and Channel 31 in Melbourne. And this is a a really interesting show because they've developed their own sitcom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very much of the Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, style of situation comedy. Uh, and it's also very obvious that it is of that style. Like they, they are obviously very heavily influenced by uh, by that kind of comedy. But it's also very good for for something that's clearly made on a shoestring budget. Yep. String budget uh, and and they're uh, in in some ways it feels like they are emulating their heroes mm-hmm. in it. Uh, but it brings to mind what these people could do with, with a, proper with, money. With proper money, with mm. a, a greater... And time and... Uh, yeah, yeah, more time, but also more staff. Mm. If they had... Uh, Probably staff. Well, one of the things, <laughs> one of the things about uh, sitcoms is, uh, you know, everybody who comes to sitcom comes wanting to uh, emulate their favourite sitcom. I mean, that's just the, the way these things work. Mm. But there's always somebody around who will say... Uh, well, that sounds a little too derivative of this mm, style. That mm. sounds a little too much like like that. 
uh, and when you're working just in a essentially on your own, uh, you don't necessarily have those facilities uh, available to you. Uh, and it really brings to mind what these people could do if mm. they had that extra bit of money, if they had more time to uh, edit the scripts, if they had time for, for dramaturgs and, and money mm. for, uh, and for all And just time to things. think. You know, like if you've but, got to have, to have another job, you know, just the time to think and reflect and really have the inspiration for something like writing a sitcom is vital. Yeah, and, and it's fun. It's a, mm. it's a good little show. It's called Schadenfreude. Oh, look out. Uh, it's on uh, in Brisbane. Uh, they're going to be up to uh, episode four. It's a five-season, uh, five-episode five season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be up to episode four this Tuesday, the 13th of July at 10.30 p.m. It is a half hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, Channel 31, Melbourne is uh, going to be up to episode three next Monday, the 19th of July at 10.30pm. Can you get on the catch-up TV on the Channel 31 side at all? I don't know. If you've know. missed the first two. I don't know. Uh, is it on I Sydney? I hope so. Uh, all I've got are dates for Melbourne and Brisbane and Perth? dates for the Aurora Channel on uh, on pay TV. Optus? Optus don't. Optus, Optus oh, sorry. But Aurora is the... Ostar. Ostar is... Aurora is on Ostar as well as Foxtel as well as... Oh, as well as Foxtel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Aurora, so your basic cable package yeah. channel. So uh, dates for Aurora are going to be uh, finalised shortly for that. So that's Schadenfreude. Look out for it. If you're going to watch one mm. thing, I say give some local boys a go. Hey, um, when I cast my pod... It's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Oh. That brings us to the end. Now, oh, no, 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 I, no, you, I wanted you, to say, you, you, speaking yeah. of catch-up TV, uh, SBS do that, and uh, it's probably too late by the time uh, you're listening to this for you to uh, to see it on the uh, on the actual TV, but the Mighty Boosh, a junior through time oh. and space, it's a documentary about the Boosh Boys. It's not a Boosh show, um, and that's uh, on between ten and uh, eleven ten. But I imagine you'll be able to pick it up on the SBS uh, website. Hopefully, to watch otherwise, online. I think it is available on DVD. <clears throat> and I, uh, I just for the title alone, uh, Graveyard Alive, a zombie nursing love. Uh, is nice. following up on that uh, on SBS. Uh, check that out. Now, if I can, uh, if I can uh, channel George Calabaris for a second, Fatty Calabaris. Don't. There he goes. <sighs> you only have until Wednesday. <laughs> chop, 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 people. Get your <laughs> entries in. Let's Greatest get team. cooking. Are you quoting his Coles ads? Uh, It's just all he does. All he does on MasterChef is just yell at people and smash his hands against something. He does so much more than that. While smashing the English language. While smashing the English language. We're looking at greatest TV, not shameless TV. What was that? You know, just crazy things like that. Was there some literary snobs commenting on television? Just Oh, wow. He uh, mustn't be able to cook if he can't talk proper and stuff. He must be terrible. You're such a fatty calamari apologist. I love George Columbaris. You know, I've got no problems with him cooking. Let him cook. But why does he have to be on my television destroying the language? You know, there are people in the world who don't speak proper and stuff. Doesn't mean they don't deserve a place on the airways. 
Yes, it does. <laughs> in in JK land. In JK land, if you want to be able to speak to people, you need to be able to know how to use the language. Actually, you did once when I did a trial show, if I recall correctly, you did actually correct me on a couple of grammatical errors. I, I, did you say <laughs> did for a comedy show? For a comedy show, I did. Uh, I did go up and give you notes afterwards, going just uh, you know letting you, you know said that your brother and I. That really should be me and your brother. Yeah, my thanks, and Josh. Me. That's really crucial to the joke. Well, it's just, you know, it distracts me and then I can't laugh. <laughs> what about your brother and myself? I don't know. Don't what, get him started on that shit. Why are you oh. even hanging out with my brother? What's going on there? Let's wrap well, it up. Why We've aren't I invited? Way too long. We're, we're associates. I know, but why aren't I invited? Well, why not? That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode <laughs> 232. That I want to say thanks to our guests, Rob Breely and Lawrence Mooney. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks also to today you for giving us... Very great uh, call. Am I talking here or what? You kind of look like you were finished. Hey, you're stuck in there. How, how could I look like I was finished when I was mid-sentence? Sanity doc- you were mid-breath. Mid. How could you not know I was mid? Because you were like, it was almost the end of sanity. Mm. .com today, you. Yeah, I was keeping up the energy. Okay. Well, there you've ruined it. <laughs> I've ruined it. You've ruined everything. Oh, my Lord. Got to start Don't again. Thanks, Sanity.com.au for giving us our giveaways. Remember to get your entries in by next Monday. Don't forget to get your entries to Greatest TV Characters of All Time in by this Wednesday, the 14th of July. Close yes. of business. Yes. Thanks very much to Kathy yeah, for calling in. gutted you didn't take up the database online. I was, also talk- I was still talking then, Brett. I'm not allowed to talk. I was still talking then. You Brett. could note. Brett, not you're not allowed to talk the, either. For the video podcast. We're not allowed to talk, you and I. And thanks to you. Until <laughs> next week, my name is Josh Canal. Josh is so annoying. <laughs> are we Sorry, allowed to talk yet? <laughs> are we? Are we allowed? Oh, now he's gone silent. See, the silent treatment's just moving around the studio. I'm Nelly Thomas. I continue to be Brett Cropley as ever. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Box Cutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. That's it, no time, bring the man in Hi, this is Pete Smith You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters